Welcome to the Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. Gary Thompson is a clinical psychologist on the board of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Dr. Thompson, thank you for sitting with us this evening. Before we start, I want to say that if anyone who is listening to this is feeling suicidal, then please go get help now. Don't be alone. Call a friend. Call your doctor. Go to the emergency room. Use one of the hotlines. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-SUICIDE. That's 800-784-2433. Last week, Maria Osmond's 18-year-old son took his own life. Of course, we don't know all the unique details to his life, but one has to wonder about what brings a person to want to kill themselves. Dr. Thompson, where do we start and how do we intervene? I think we start with identifying the precursors of suicide. Ninety percent of the people who die by suicide have a mental illness. I'd say the majority of those people have suffered from depression, which is a highly treatable disorder. Is it to the point where the potential for suicide has to be considered in anyone who is depressed, or is that an overextension? I don't think that's an overextension. I'd rather err on the side of caution. You know, I'd I'd rather be overly cautious and be proven wrong and find out that maybe my patient wasn't as fragile as I thought than be glib or less cautious and find out, unfortunately, that they were quite a bit more depressed and I no longer have a chance to intervene and help them. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the specifics for suicides. Are they more common in men or women? Do we know? Well, I think women make more suicide attempts than men, but unfortunately men, if you want to use the word loosely, are more successful. They commit suicide more frequently. The 2006 data indicated that 33,300 individuals took their lives, and of those, 26,308 were men and 6,992 were women. So the majority clearly were men who were, as they say, successful suicides. More men took their lives, but more women attempted suicide than men. Is it because the women in their attempts that it's not as serious an attempt? For example, they don't use guns or they don't jump off of bridges, that type of thing? That's certainly a part of it. I think probably, you know, there's more ambivalence in in women, but I, I believe the current figures suggest that more men and women are taking their lives with firearms. So I can't just say that Men kill themselves more frequently because they use more lethal means, although I think that has been true in the past. Okay. If someone is feeling suicidal, what would be the first thing for them to do in terms of our being able to help them or other people being able to help them? What what should we do? Well, I think if someone is feeling suicidal, the first thing they have to do is overcome the stigma of seeking help. I think, unfortunately, one of the reasons men are reluctant to seek help is the same reason they don't stop and pull over and ask for directions. They think to seek help is a sign of weakness. But I think the first thing someone has to do is to contact a psychiatrist and or a psychologist and set up an appointment because it's key to get an accurate diagnosis and the treatment of depression, the successful treatment of depression. Is there a different motive And what I'm thinking about is that if you look into the history of people who have committed suicide, occasionally you'll hear people say that they they want to die or they killed themselves if it was successful because they've had an economic setback, something like that, which is not necessarily a depression per se, or or, or am I blurring the definitions? 
Well, I think there are a number of reasons why people commit suicide. I think oftentimes they're depressed, and usually, or more frequently, people are depressed. One, they have some genetic predisposition, like it might run in their families, or they've suffered some loss, uh, loss of a job, loss of a spouse, loss of a loved one, loss of health, loss of independence. They might have a chronic illness that they're dealing with that relates to some of the things I just said, and they might have a substance abuse or an alcohol problem. All those things can make people vulnerable to uh, suicide. Is the intervention generally successful if someone does go for help? Is it? I mean, if people again are listening to this and they're saying, "Oh, you can't help me, you can't help me," but it really is successful. An intervention works. Generally, I think the intervention is quite successful. And one of the lethal things about depression that often relates in suicide is when people are depressed, part of the illness, part of the symptoms is that people feel hopeless and helpless to change, to get better. That's why the illness is lethal. If you don't have hope, then you don't think you have many options other than take your life. So it would seem that feeling suicidal is a temporary loss of hope, or am I, again, am I being too simplistic? That's certainly one explanation, but there have been people who are suicidal that have long-term problems. I mean, many people who commit suicide have been depressed for years and years. To say it's a transient or temporary condition, I think, might not be accurate for some people, for a lot of people. Okay. A lot of times we will hear the very unfortunate comment that there, someone is saying that they're suicidal or they make an attempt just to get attention. It almost makes it seem as if it's by design or immature. I've heard that to be particularly associated and incorrectly with a lot of teenagers. Any thought about that? Because a lot of people are accused, oh, you're just trying to get someone's attention. Sometimes people refer that to that Maybe a little more accurately is a cry for help. I think when people feel overwhelmed and it wits in and that they, they're out of control, sometimes they may act out, maybe not with full awareness, but to try to get some help, to try to gain some outside intervention to help get them back on track. You know, I, I try to get the families and the relatives or the friends or the social supports that are available to the patient in place, especially if they've attempted suicide, because I think those people can often make a difference in how successful the intervention is. Okay. You are working with an organization called the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and I saw, I think it was last week, a movie that you folks put together, and I thought it was quite good. And I would like you to talk a little bit about the foundation so people can use it as a resource. Well, first of all, they have a great website um, on uh, the web address is www.afsp.org. And th there's a tremendous amount of information on that website. There's information about um, statistics related to su suicide. There's information about where to get treatment. There's information about support groups for individuals who've lost someone to suicide. The primary goal of that organization is to reduce or prevent suicide by increasing one's awareness to the factors that, that often precipitate someone taking their lives. And I would highly recommend that anyone go on there and 
look at the information they have. And as a matter of fact, uh, they currently have a film, Depression and Bipolar Awareness, from Diagnosis to Remission, that has a panel of experts interviewing a number of patients who have been suicidal or severely depressed from all walks of life, different ages, from 19 on up to 74, uh, people who have made one attempt or people who are depressed and haven't made attempts, to people that have a strong history of family suicide, who are not doing well with some of the treatments. It, it covers a broad spectrum of depressed patients. The goal, as when I saw the movie, seems to be very clear-cut. Depression is a treatable condition, and it shouldn't be, as you said, looked at with any shame or stigma. It's something that we can interview. What's very interesting, uh, intervene actually, what's very interesting is when I used to work in emergency rooms and people would come in who were suicidal and, and initially they would say they didn't want to live and they give every excuse in the world. They'd leave me alone, life is no good and so on and so on. Come back a couple of days later. Well, sometimes it could take a little bit longer. But I would say 99% of those people would say thank you. Thank you for intervening. Thank you for bringing me to the hospital, even though I didn't want to go. Thank you for doing this, and thank you for doing that. And I think that's the one of the messages that came clearly was clearly evident in the movie is that's what people were talking about, and that's what your foundation is all about. Well, I think one of the things I frequently tell to very depressed patients is I tell them, if you're feeling really awful today, if it's the worst you've ever felt, I can almost guarantee you that in the very near future you're going to feel better. And I try to relate some stories to them about people who have felt hopeless and felt helpless and who've managed to procrastinate uh, on ending their lives for a period of time and then subsequently have responded very well to treatment and who are living frequently happy and productive lives. So don't hesitate is what we're trying to say. If you feel this way, don't hesitate. Well, if someone had cancer and it was potentially life-threatening or someone had cardiovascular problems and they were potentially life-threatening or they'd had angina, they probably wouldn't hesitate to go to a hospital because they clearly see that as a life-threatening condition in which they need help in. Unfortunately, we haven't quite gotten to that point with depression and anxiety. Depression, when you're severely depressed, it is not something that you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It is not something you can lift yourself out of. People are often severely depressed, need help. They need therapy, and they often need medication. In fact, those two together offer the best outcome. If people saw depression more as an illness, like cancer, like cardiovascular problems, they wouldn't delay in getting some help. I agree. It, I, 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 there's nothing I can say against that because we've both seen it so many times. The troubling part then is the delay because if there isn't a intervention earlier enough, that's when people can get into a spiral that they could not be able to get out of. Well, unfortunately, I think not only if the intervention isn't early enough, but on this film that I mentioned earlier, Depression and Bipolar Awareness, they had a gentleman who went to doctors for a number of years and, and was quick to say he left their office, a psychiatrist office or 
and, and threw his medication in the trash can. And, and why did he do that? Well, he was frightened maybe that this treatment wouldn't work. He was frightened that if he admitted that he had a problem, it would mean that he was weak or out of control. And I try to get patients who are depressed to see that taking control of their illness is a sign of strength and that how you manage your problems is most important. Very critical information, and so many people die unnecessarily, and we, we really can offer them some real intervention and some hope. How, what was the statistic again of, in, you think you said 2006 or 2008? The, the last data that's compiled that I have was 33,300 people committed suicide. About 17,000 of those people did it with firearms. 26,000 of those individuals were men, and about 7,000 were, were women. Are, are, are the suicides, do we have data? Is it more common in teenagers or elderly folks? Is there a higher risk when you're older or younger? Well, there, there's a lot of data on the website that talks about who is at risk. For example, I know that men over 65 are at a fairly significant risk for suicide. I think there are a number of variables that go into that. I think, as I said earlier, people who have a substance abuse problem, people who lost a job, people who have a chronic medical problem, the number one risk factor that that I'm aware of is do you have a family history of suicide? Mm-hmm. Someone in your family has committed suicide, you're at greater risk, some, some relative or immediate family member. And certainly if you've ever attempted suicide, you're at a much greater risk. Because we also know that if someone is on an antidepressant, if there has been a, a suicide attempt, then the need for the antidepressant being to be continued for a much longer period of time is really there. So the history really gives us a clue as to what we have to do. Absolutely. There's not a single person that comes into my office and tells me that they suffered from depression that I don't immediately ask them, has anyone in your family attempted to take their life? Okay. It seems that a very large part of the hopelessness from what I've seen in many of the people who talk about suicide or when we do a retrospective after someone commits suicide is they feel lonely. They feel isolated. They don't feel integrated with the group. And that's part of the intervention is to connect them again to people. So how quickly do we do that? If someone is really suicidal and they go into a hospital, is it that they're put on medicines right, right away, or when do you start to psychotherapy? What would be a sort of a typical treatment plan? If, if you qualify and say when someone goes into a hospital, if, if someone is in imminent danger of, of taking their life and you hospitalize them, and the hospitals that I'm familiar with, aside from uh, making sure this individual doesn't take their life, life and putting them on the medication, there's often fairly intensive group therapy with other individuals who are going through similar issues. So there's that there's a type of connection that they get then with the group, and they can realize that they're not unique, odd, different, or or bad in any way. They're just another person with a very serious disorder and a very serious problem, but they're not alone. Definitely, and I think one of the common call it a a symptom of the illness, is that people think no one can understand what they're going through. Their case might be rather unique 
They see their lives in terms of failure. They feel guilt. They feel hopeless. And and trying to connect with that patient to establish a rapport, to disabuse them of these beliefs that are related to the illness, I think is instrumental in getting them to delay in taking their lives. By the same token, there is a tremendous need on the part of family and friends and the people around the person to, if they start to see that someone is talking about suicide or there is an indication that that is happening, to step into the person's life and say, "Um, we're not going to let you die. I think that's crucial, and I think sometimes their family can be frightened and have misconceptions about if they talk about suicide, are they actually increasing the risk of suicide in this individual? And the answer is no. I think the more you can become involved in the person who's fragile and vulnerable and depressed, the better chance for a positive outcome. Okay, so... Give us the website again, sir, so people can go and begin to learn about it for themselves or perhaps people in their lives. www.afsp.org. For the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Excellent. Again, before we end, I say this with all sincerity. If you are listening to this because you are curious about suicide, you are thinking about suicide, or you know somebody who is suicidal, Don't take the time to think about it beyond getting started. Call the 1-800-SUICIDE-HOTLINE, go to the emergency room, do something, and don't let the person be at higher risk for hurting themselves. Gary Thompson is a clinical psychologist, and as I said earlier, he is on the board of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Thanks for having me on.